Good afternoon, good morning, or whatever time, and however you listen to this, thank you all for tuning in for once again to the show, Last Word Productions. I am your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. And as you all know, we just got through the conference championships in both conferences, AFC and NFC, over this past weekend. I'm a bit disappointed, but... I'm going to start off with that in NFL news. So, the left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, despite the fact that they won the game, they they lost their left tackle. Um, I believe Eric Fisher, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Eric Fisher. He ruptured his Achilles, and he would be done for the season. It's very unfortunate, and what makes it even worse is the fact that it's a chance he could possibly miss significant time next season with such an injury. So I just I just hope and wish him the best, you know, speedy recovery. You know, it's, it's very unfortunate. But the Chiefs, despite the fact that they went down uh, Eric Fisher, they look, they look virtually unstoppable, man. I mean... The difference in play between them and Buffalo was astonishing, if I'm being honest. It was just, it was like a little brother playing his older brother in a pickup game or trying to beat him in a video game or something. It just seemed like a total mismatch the entire game. Outside of the McCole Hartman punt and the Muff punt, I mean, outside of that, it just... It just looked. It just never looked good for the Bills. Like the entire game. I mean, Stephon Diggs struggled to get the ball. He he picked it up a little bit during the duration of the game, but he just seemed to have a real hard time beating man to man. You know, Cole Beasley didn't have a great night. He was hurt at one point. Came back later on in the game. John Brown. I don't even. I could be wrong, but I don't even remember John Brown having a catch this game. So, whenever you have things like that, you it's never going to work in your favor because the Bills is a pass-first team. Let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not act like they're anything else. This is a pass-first team, and they're going to air it out Who, regardless of however it's going. They're going to throw the ball at least 30 times a game. They're going to live and die by Josh Allen's arm. They don't have the most dynamic backfield. I think they have solid backs. I like Singletary and I like Zach Moss, but they're not the most explosive backfield, you could say. And the Chiefs let them play right into their hands. They forced them into passing situations the entire game. They played the pass the entire game. They kept the safety help. And to be honest, it was a lot of drop picks this game. A lot. Shadavious Ward had a drop pick. Uh, Sneed had a drop pick. Despite the fact that they still had got turnovers, they, they could have had at least four, if I'm being honest with you. So it's a lot the Bills can look at to improve. 
it just was an ugly performance by them. And, and yet again, a magical performance is seen by Patrick Mahomes, despite the fact that he's a week removed from being in concussion protocol. He would not do it. He looked just as dynamic as he has done all season, his entire career, honestly. Tyreek Hill went out there, and he put together a, a Kansas City historic game, having the most receiving yards in the playoff game by any Kansas City player. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. At this point, man, it's... It just seems virtually unstoppable, their offense at this point. Excuse me. And to put that with the defense, the way their defense is playing now, with guys like Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones, Frank Clark, starting to really mesh this that unit together at the right time, it's, they're, they're going to be a tough out. Like, I, it's... It's going to be hard, man. Like, you you need firepower when you're competing against this team. You don't, you don't need, you know, game managers. You don't need an okay unit. You don't need good enough. You need consistency and good to great every other series. Because... They're gonna they're gonna go out there, they're gonna sling it, and they're gonna get theirs. It's only so much you can do to stop it. And it's it's just it's unfortunate to me that it's come to this point where this team looks virtually unstoppable as a Dolphins fan. Cause I, I just don't see how in the hell anyone is going to stop this team, if I'm being honest. And yeah, I'm gonna get off into the NFC championship. This is the game where I was disappointed because I I was rooting for the Green Bay Packers. You know, as most people know who know me, I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. I love Aaron Rodgers, favorite quarterback. And is is it's just frustrating, man, when he played did he did he play the best game of his life? No. I'm not saying he did. They did fail to capitalize on some turnovers that they forced in the second half. And they ultimately were outplayed by the Buccaneers' defense when it mattered most. But I'm not pinning that on Aaron Rodgers, man. And I know know people be wanting to pin it on him because he's a, a guy who doesn't go to the media and take the blame and all the backlash. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't. I don't I don't care how you feel about that. And I don't care how you feel about his comments about him saying that it wasn't his decision to kick the field goal on fourth and eight with the game on the line. I don't care how you feel about any of that. Because I'm going to give you three major reasons why. The first reason, the defense, people are going to look at the fact that they forced three turnovers. Listen, the defense couldn't stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the entire game. I don't. I could care less about three turnovers, because this is this is the reasons why I could care less about the three turnovers. The Buccaneers were nine for twelve on third down conversions. Let me let me let me tell you that one more time. Nine for twelve. That is a seventy five percent clip to get a first down conversion at two clock and keep it going. Not only that, Kevin King. 
was so awful this last game. He was so terrible that game. It was to the point where he made a good play. It was because the receiver dropped the pass. Mike Evans beat him with a girl, just like Scotty Miller beat him with a girl. Mike Evans straight up dropped it. That killed that drive. Another drive. Tom Brady overthrows Mike Evans. It leads to a pick. That kills that drive. Another drive. Tom Brady overthrows yet again another receiver. That leads to a pick by, I believe it was, I think it was Darnell Savage or Adrian Amos. I'm not sure. But these are plays that are being made because Tom Brady play is is subpar. It was poor. You know, the guy threw three interceptions. He should have threw four if it wasn't a drop interception by the end of, uh, almost by the end of half. But I say all this to say this. My second thing is the referees, man. Listen, I'm not saying the Kevin King pass interference call wasn't the correct call. I'm not. I, I, I promise you I'm not saying that because it was the correct call. But what's frustrating is they did not call that the entire game. And when I say that, I say that in this terms. Literally on both sides of the ball, the entire game, dudes was the corners, the DBs, the receivers was shoving, was, you know, pushing, shoving, pulling on each other the entire game. Mur- uh, Murphy Button literally got away with that at least three times in this game. The same exact thing Kevin King did. He got away with at least three times. He got away with it on the interception. He got away with it twice on two crucial third-down conversions for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers for that. I don't care what he says in the media. I don't care who he deflects the the um his comments on. I don't care any of that. I don't care about none of that. That you cannot say and tell me and blame a guy for that. You he that's out of his control. And it it amazes me and it's astonishing to me that people still would sit here and say Rogers wasn't good enough. How how much better could he have been? Please, someone please tell me. Cause I just don't understand, man. Like the man went out there. No, let, let me read. Let me read off his stats. Cause I I just don't understand how much better he could have been. The man went out there went thirty three for forty eight. He completed over over sixty percent of his passes. Almost threw for three hundred. I mean, four hundred yards and three forty six. Three touchdowns. He had an interception, which was a rough one. I I will admit that. But in the playoffs. The defense, they have to, it has to show up. And no one can tell me these past couple seasons, I don't care how you feel about the Packers, but you cannot sit here and tell me that the Green Bay Packers defense have been playing well in these past couple postseasons. I, last season, I'll admit, Rodgers did not have a good game. He didn't. His numbers look good, but he didn't. Watching the game, he didn't look good. He didn't. I'll admit that. This season, no, I'm I'm not I'm not casting blame on him about poor play around him, even just for the fact that he had two plays that he wished he had back, two or three plays. 
No, I'm not doing that. The dude was sacked five times because the offensive line was beat. I'm not going to say blame the offensive line for poor play. I mean, they, they have injuries. I understand that. But they it wasn't great. It wasn't great protection in this entire game. Dudes, Devontae Adams struggled this whole game. He had some drops. He had he only had some the amount of touches he had because they force fed on the ball on like little receiver bubble screens and stuff like that and spot routes. It, um, St. Brown dropped two point conversion in the end zone. It was it was just it was just a lackluster performance all around, man. And the the lone bright spot of the team was Jay Alexander, Jair Alexander, Christian Kersey, and Aaron Rodgers. Everyone else seemed a step behind. Zadarius Smith, I don't know where he was this game, man, but I'm telling you now, he was enough. He was enough. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, they I don't know where they were the entire game, but they weren't there. They did not look good, man. I mean, Tom Brady got sacked one time this game. You paid a lot of money for the Smith brothers to be disruptive when it mattered most. And the one sack came from Kenny Clark. I don't listen, man. I don't care how anyone feels about my comments. They could sit here and come and say the Packers ain't capitalize on this. They ain't do that, which I can't agree with. But don't tell me it was because Rodgers failed. Go watch the game film, man. Go back to the goal line situations and tell me where he should go with the ball. The man can't throw through anyone. He's not Zeus. He like he's not God. He can't throw a ball through someone to get it to someone else. He can't control the fact that his receivers are not catching the ball when he's throwing it on a a a thread, a needle for him. He, like he can't control that. He can't. And it, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him, man. Because at the end of the day, he did make his decision to come back to Green Bay. He could have left, you know. No one forced his hand, but that was that's ultimately was his choice. And in other news, was the same team. You know, Tom Brady is on his way to another Super Bowl, his tenth Super Bowl in his career, which is. Absolutely phenomenal, man. I mean, that that itself is just an, a crazy achievement. Some teams don't even have a Super Bowl appearance. This guy alone has been to 10 Super Bowls. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And he has and he's made history by being one a part of the one of the only team to ever play a Super Bowl that's in their city. So you, I know Tampa's going crazy. I I just know they are, and it's it's just unfortunate to me, man. It's just extremely unfortunate to me. But I'm I'm gonna get off into other NFL news, and I'm gonna talk about some of these big name quarterbacks that are going to be on the move this upcoming off season. Now, of course, the obvious story is Deshaun Watson. Reports have come out and said that regardless of the head coaching hire, Deshaun Watson wants to lead the Texas period. And I've also heard that from I'm not I'm not exactly sure how true this is because you know ESPN they 
their credibility has been debunked a couple of times because of certain news stories. But they have said that don't pay any mind to these preferred or, you know, already pre-planned destinations because he's open to multiple teams, supposedly and reportedly. To me, that is a good thing as a Dolphins fan because if his number one destination is the Jets and the Jets have the amount of draft capital and cap space they have, man, it's, it's going to be a long, long, long decade if we have to deal with Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson. It's going to be painful, man, and I just don't want to deal with that. And I still do hope we do go out and make and try to at least make a move for him. Because I, I would much rather him be here than to play against him. I, I really would. And then the other quarterback who's going to be on the move, big name dude, is the Indianapolis, I mean, not Indianapolis Colts, is the Matthew Stafford. I'm sorry. You know, him and the Lions have reportedly come to an agreement to part ways. They agreed to a mutual uh, trading, trade assets, things like that. And I think it's good for both parties. I think it's what Matthew Stafford needs. I think is what the Lions need, if I'm being honest. I think it's just good on both sides, man. Fresh start for both of them. I think Matthew Stafford is still plenty of talented in the right system. He can help you take that next step. Like, there's a lot of teams who I think could use his services that can help them get better. I'm going to get into that later because that will be part of the fan Q&A, who I think he should be eyeing and trying to go to. And and also, there's been some reports rumbling about Julio Jones and Matt Ryan's future with the Falcons. That is not 100% secure. You know, the longtime Falcon players, latest, are, are supposedly, you know, still in the loop or whether or not they're in the coach's future in that new HC hiring Arthur Smith. And it makes perfect sense to me. I've said multiple times on this show, if the Falcons are serious about rebuilding and starting anew, they have to get rid of Matt Ryan. At the very least, they have to get rid of Matt Ryan. Even if you get rid of Julio Jones, I think that's still a good move because I think you'll get something back for him. He still is a top two, three receiver in this league, despite the injuries. He's 30 years old, so he's not too old, but... He ain't getting younger, so the injury's not going to get any better for him. And I just think he will have some kind of trade value. So it's to me, it's hard to evaluate and truly tell whether or not it will be in your best interest to trade a guy like Julio. But they got good young receivers, man. Calvin Ridley is a stud. Russell Gage, Russell Gage Jr., I like, I like him. I think he could grow into a solid number two option. And this draft class coming up is loaded with talent at receiver. If, you, if you're not sold on your receivers now, you can get a guy in the second, third round in this draft class, and he could come in and be legit. He may not come in and be Julio first, first his first year, but he'll come in and give you good snaps. 
So that's another story we got to keep our eyes on because I I think I think they move on from both of them, man. I, if they're serious about rebuilding with this new, I mean with this new coach, I think I think they move on from both of them. I really do. And I've I've said multiple times on the show, if the Falcons truly want to ever compete, they got to get rid of Matt Ryan. They got to get rid of Matt Ryan. They got to. People look at his numbers. No. Don't look at the numbers. Watch the games. It's what I tell people. He he he's not playing well. He can have forty four thousand yards each and every year. He throws his teams out of game. He takes a lot of unnecessary sacks and hits. A lot. So that's just something to keep in mind. I don't want to get off into the NBA news now. So latest news, as you. As we all have seen and been watching the the, the new Brooklyn Nets big three, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, it hasn't been it hasn't been a a perfect marriage yet. It's not peace and paradise. It's not you know anything like that so far. They struggled the other night against a very depleted Heat team. They won the game, ultimately, I believe, by four points. It they went down the stretch. And what made it worrisome to me was the fact that was the fact that one Bam Adebayo looked virtually unstoppable. I mean, he had a career high of, I believe, 41 points. He couldn't be stopped. He looked like a man amongst boys, regardless of who was on him. I mean... KD, Jeff Green, um, DeAndre Jordan, it, it didn't matter. He he looked like a dude that they just simply had no answers for. And that that's that's been a problem so far. It's been a problem. Cause first two games, the first game these guys played together, they couldn't stop Colin Sexton. The Cavs are the worst, they're the worst offensive team in terms of scoring offensive efficiency in the league. The worst, the very worst. And they made, and Connor Sexton and the crew were not done, absolutely played phenomenal. And it, that was with injuries. Kevin Love and Darius Garland both did not play that game. And still, they handed the Nets to the L. The Heat. Without Avery Bradley, without Jimmy Butler, without Tyler Hero, without Myers Leonard, even though I don't think Myers Leonard is a key piece, but he's a guy that gets minutes for them. Four players who get significant minutes nights missed the game, and they only beat the Heat by four points. They had a two-way player who played 20 minutes. You don't hear that usually, a two-way player playing 20 minutes. You don't hear that. It was... They they have to they have to find some continuity continuity and they have to find a foundation on the defensive end man and they have to find their they have to find their scheme offensively to me there's no way in the world James Harden should only be taking eight shots there's no way you did not trade for a facilitator you didn't you traded for a superstar score talent and talent. You do not trade for a John Stockton. You do not trade for a, a, 
a Jason Kidd or something like that. Not, not to say these guys aren't superstar players. They are. But that's not who James Harden is. He's not those guys. He is in the realms of the Michael Jordans, the, the Kobe Bryants, the D-Wades. He's a scorer before anything else. That, that's what he is. Taking eight shots. If, the, if I'm the Nets, I'm telling him, listen, man, play your game. We get we bought you here because we know your game and we know that firepower you possess. Play your game. Simple. I know you want to get other guys involved, but play your game. You know, dudes like Joe Harris and um Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, they're 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 gonna get the ball when it hit comes to them. Play your game. Be you. You don't have to go out here and get 10 assists a night. It's nice. It's, it's good to have, but come on. We 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 sacrifice all this to get you because you you put up 30, 29 points a game. Not because, <clears throat> excuse me, not because you're a, a great passer. No, <laughs> that's not why they traded for him. But before I say all that, I say all that to say this, man. This team, they they got some issues, man. I, I think I think they need some three D guys, some wing defenders, and I think they need an actual rim protect. DeAndre Jordan is up in age; he is not it. He's not what you need. They really messed up getting rid of Jared Allen, Karis Levert, because that's literally what these guys were. Kaz LeVert wasn't the greatest defender. He wasn't, but he was solid. He was better than what Kyrie is. Kyrie is on that end. He's better than what James Harden is on that end. And Jared Allen, of course. I mean, to me, you always need rim protection, man. Always. Regardless of your team and how it's made up, you always need rim protection. Nets don't have that right now. They... I. It was rumors that they're going out. This, you know, they're possibly going. They're they where they are because they need to fill roster spots. But they're going to sign some guys who can't fit this mode and hope and hopefully it can work out for them. Hopefully, because if it doesn't, man, it's I I I just don't see their level of play being sustainable enough for a seven game series and winning it all. I I just don't see it. I, I think they can win a, a series. I think they can win maybe in the second round like that, but the conference championship, I, I don't know, man, because that's when you're going to get the best. You know, it's – I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough for them, man. But in other NBA news, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a lot of games have been postponed, man. And the the oh my goodness, my nose stuff. I'm sorry, you all, but a lot of NBA games have been postponed. The Memphis Grizzlies have postponed yet again another game against the Chicago Bulls, and it's it's worrisome for the league. It, it truly is because this is like. I, this is probably like the tenth or twelfth game that has been postponed. Like it's it's a little worrisome because it's going to come a period where you know 
Adam Silver just gonna step in and be like, you know what? Okay, boom. We need we need to start the season for a month or two because this thing is simply not going away. It's not slowing down. We might have to do the bubble again, which I think a lot more players are going to opt out of doing because it's not just going to be for a month or two span. This is going to be for almost the season will be probably like four or five months. That's a long time, man, to go without seeing family and loved ones, man. I, listen, I know this these jobs, these guys' jobs at the end of the day, this is their careers, but that's a lot to ask for someone, man. When you you have to go in basically on a hiatus and be isolated from the rest of the world for several months just to play a game and do your job. I mean that that's a lot to ask for. It it just is. But I want to get off into the fans Q&A now. And we're going to get off on the fans Q&A. I'm going to start off with Keelan. She says, hey, Tavares, if you were a GM of an NFL team, which receiver would you take in the draft, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase? Well, for one, this is a great question. And two, scheme matters. There are two different receivers than me. But if I'm just picking up pure-based talent, I'm taking Jamar Chase. I think a lot of people have forgotten his sophomore season and how dominant he was. Put this in perspective. Justin Jefferson, the dude who just lit the league on fire as a rookie, was the second fiddle to Jamar Chase at LSU. I just want everyone to put that in perspective. Jamar Chase seen the best coverage corner every game and killed them. Day one talents at that. C.J. Henderson, A.J. Terrell, Noah Igbenogany, uh, who else? Who else? Damon Arnett? No, I'm not, not Damon Arnett. But he's seen day one talent go, and he's killed them. He's killed all of them. Jamar Chase, to me, is the more physically gifted receiver. He's not the fastest receiver. He's not. I don't think he's even faster than Devontae Smith, but he high points the ball as good as any receiver I've ever seen coming out of college. He's aggressive. He's great after the catch, man. I mean, his yak yards is just... It's, it's, it's things like that you cannot coach. Those are the difference makers between good and great players. He does special things with the ball in his hand, and it's just honestly difference-making. This next question comes from Demetrius Sims. Are you surprised by the Packers' lackluster performance? No, I'm not. And I'm going to say this because of the reason I said earlier. Their defense has shrunk in big moments. Rodgers has shrunk in moments before, Again, I'm not I'm not trying to make any excuses for the man. I'm not. But at the end of the day, the defense has not been great when they needed them to be good. It hasn't. I don't care about the turnovers. The turnovers do not tell the entire story. They don't. The turnovers, 
Yes, they matter, and yes, the Packers did not capitalize on them as well as they could have. I can agree to all of that. I can. I promise you I can. But 9 for 12 or 39 conversions, one sack the entire game, three QB pressures the entire game. That's not good enough in the championship round, in the championship game. It's not. I don't, I don't care who says that's good enough. It's not. Three interceptions is not. When you can't stop a guy the entire, the entire game outside of six drives, it's not good enough. It's not. You should be giving up a touchdown with eight seconds left on the clock. It's not good enough. It's not. So, no, I'm not surprised by the Packers' lackluster performance because they have underachieved for the past really decade now outside of one season this next question comes from Vince can the Nets turn on the switch during the playoffs I mean it's it's, it's kind of hard to tell because this is their first year together they have they have the talent to but James Harden has had very underwhelming performances in the playoffs. And so has Kyrie Irving. You know, a lot of people don't speak on it because he does have a ring and he did make one of the greatest shots that you've ever seen. But he's had some forgettable performances with the Celtics in the playoffs. So it's just just a matter of Who's going to step up and do what? Because they're going to need those two guys. Okay, we're going to continue on to Facebook. Give me one second, you all. Let me pull up these questions. Here we go. Okay, this first question comes from Van Velsen. Is Aaron Rodgers retiring? No. No chance he retires. I think his comments about saying that a lot of guys are evaluating their futures, including himself, I think that shows that he might be on the trade block and demanding the trade, which would be huge. Um, I mean, it's he is on the later side of his career. Maybe he has three, four years left. But, man, if Aaron Rodgers was to lead the Green Bay Packers, man, oh, my goodness. It's, it's, the the QB market is going to be crazy. I mean, think about it. Deshaun Watson wants to trade. Matt Stafford wants to trade. Dak Prescott is slated to be a, a um, free agent. Ryan Fitzpatrick is slated to be a free agent. I know he's not a big-name guy, but. He had a good season this past season. And then if you add Aaron Rodgers to that mix, oh, my goodness. Those are five legit caliber starters who can give you good snaps. Yeah, it would be crazy if Aaron Rodgers is in the jersey. Next question comes from Mario Lewis. Is Deshaun Watson the Dolphins is what the Dolphins need or is Tua the answer? I'm going to say this. I believe Tua can be the answer. Because I think he still has the potential and the the talent to be very good to great 
in this league. But if I'm the Dolphins, man, I want the sure thing. I know Deshaun Watson has all the talent and all the, you know, the wherewithal and success to make my team and to take it to the next level. Listen to me, man. There's never been a situation where a top five quarterback and a top five defense with a great coach has never worked. Never. It's, you can't name it. You can't name it. Look at Brady and the, and the Patriots with Brady. I mean, with Bill Belichick. Great. Dynasty. Jimmy Johnson. Great. Dynasty. You know, the 49ers, regardless if you look at Steve Young or Joe Montana, great defense, great coaching, great quarterback. It worked. <laughs> Surprisingly, right? It works. You know, Bradshaw, it works. Great defense, good quarterback play. It worked. Amazing. Coward, you know, it worked. It worked. Surprisingly, right? You get you get Sean Watson in South Beach, man, with that defense and with the young coach you have in B-Flow, it, it is a bit troublesome to me that he has been outcoached and beaten as bad as he has against Sean McDermott. That is a bit troublesome and worrisome. But you add in Deshaun Watson. I guarantee you that season you beat the Bills at least once. You beat them at least once. This next question comes from Josh Robbins. Is Rodgers better than Tom Brady? <sighs> to me, he's still the better quarterback. You know, I don't care how you feel about that. You know, I think he's the better quarterback. I think he's more talented. Always been. He always had to work with less around him and made it look way better than what it actually is. This next question also comes from Josh Robbins. Who should get in a staff in a Matthew Stafford race? Okay. Now this is why I held out on speaking on it during the show. But to me, three teams come to mind right off the bat. One is the Colts. The Colts, boy, listen to me. If the Colts go out and get Matt Stafford, I think they're right there to compete for a Super Bowl. The defense is legit. Got a good offensive line, good running game. To me, they might need to go out and get another receiver. T.Y. Hudson getting up their age. He's a free agent. I don't think they resign him. But you go out and get you another receiver who can compliment guys like Michael Pittman Jr. Trey Burton at the tight end position. This is a team that can be scary. They, this could be scary. They go out and get Matt Stafford. I think it'll make a world of a difference. And same thing within the division, even though I don't believe this happened because it's within the division. But the Chicago Bears... If they go and get Matt Stafford, this team will finally have a capable quarterback to actually compete. That's all they've been missing. They got it. They, they've had the defense. You know, they've had the defense. They've had offensive weapons. They just did not have the quarterback. Mitch isn't it, man. 
I know a lot of guys out there wanted to miss the workout because, you know, they took him where they took him. And he had talent. But he not it. It's time to, you know, admit you whiffed on it and let it go. He's not it. I know they're going to part ways with him this upcoming season, but I'm just reiterating that fact. Let it go. He's not it. And another thing is, it's just, it was just really, it had to be really disappointing how Nick Foles just did not even look like any upgrade over him. I know that had to be disappointing. And another team that could possibly use his services, this, this to me, this is a long shot. But I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints. And it's a long shot because of their cat situation. But they're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Drew Brees is done after this season. I know he hasn't officially announced it yet, but I know he's done. He come in with that team and them weapons. He opens up that offense because of his arm strength, something they haven't had in a decade now with Drew in there. And he just makes them that much better. They already had a defense as well. So those are three situations I can see him wanting to go. Not only excelling there, but wanting to go to because of the the circumstances. This next question comes from William McClung. What's next for the Colts? Draft the QB or who should they go after free agency? Well, I just told you that I feel as though they should go after Matthew Stafford because I think he's the the most realistic target for them. And I also think that he's the best target for them because outside of Deshaun Watson, I think he'll be the most talented quarterback coming via free agency. You know, if, if unless Aaron Rodgers actually does the bid of trade and ask for one. But I think he'll be the very next best thing. And they're definitely not getting Deshaun Watson. There's no way the Texans are trading within their division. It's it's no way. If if they and if they do, they are <laughs> words won't be able to describe how illiterate and just ignorant that franchise would be. This next question comes from William McClung again. Should the Steelers trade for Watson? Uh, I'm not going to say they should, but I'm not going to say they shouldn't either. To me, any team can use a top three passer in the league at the age of 25, outside of maybe two teams right now. But I just don't know if they have the... the, the um, the cap space, they I think they got a little cap space, but I just don't know if they have the the resources and the trade assets to make it happen. That's what is a bit worrisome to me. Well, he be he would be a great fit there, but yeah, I gotta I gotta look more into that one. But thank you all for tuning into the show once again. Be sure to like, subscribe to the channel on YouTube at Last Word Productions. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Last Word underscore Productions. And be sure to like the Facebook page at Last Word Productions. Remember, we do sell merchandise, as you will see. You, I have dropped the link in the bio on YouTube, and you also see it posted beforehand. So be sure to visit that, check out the merchandise, and I'll see y'all in the next one.